Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast, where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming down the race line car track, uh, I guess. From the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm John Negroni, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com. And from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he's a freelance film writer. And, you know, maybe one day, you know, he'll get to be in a competition where he directs movies because he's been a film critic. And it's not a it's not a game. But he'll be able to do it for real. It's Will Asher. <laughs> you die in the game, you die for real. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that would be a kind of fun challenge for like a reality TV show. If you got whatever, like 10 to 12 film critics. I guess so. Got them all together, narrowed it down to like one. See what happens. They get to make a movie. It's a huge flop. Critics are harsh on it. And then that show would be Project Greenlight. We were talking just uh, yesterday in a group chat, one of the group chats, about uh, which directors we think we would be like if we were directors. Like if you had to, you know, do like a little fusion dance with one or two. And uh, wh- what was yours again? Like Linklater and uh, who else? Not Spike Jones. Uh, I said um, I'd probably be a mix of like the Coens and Richard Linklater, though I'm wondering if you're teeing this up for a Neil Blomkamp discussion of some sort. So this week we're talking about Gran Turismo. And uh, I think next week, are we, are we going to talk about Bottoms? Uh, remind me if that's going to be in your area in time. Oh, yeah. No, I'm fully banking on us talking about Bottoms next week. I'm very excited. Great, great. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I know you're excited because, you know, I think you were a little bit not sure. Like, okay, is Bottoms <laughs> going to be the movie for me? Am I going to be right. the top to the bottom? Am I going to love it top to bottoms? Hmm. And I watched the movie and I, I told you uh, Bottoms ain't it. Hmm. And you got even more excited. You were like, oh, yeah. wait, 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 hold on, slow down. That right. means if, like, if John, if it's a comedy and John didn't find it very good, right. we're in business. Yep. Uh, th- this is one of the biggest like uh, discrepancies I've had with like the broader critical community in a while because this movie is like getting just overwhelming praise, mm-hmm. and I am just I found it to be just a not very great movie at all. So that should be a fun conversation. Maybe you'll be able to talk some sense into me. Show me, show me the error in my ways, or the other way around. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the film, so I you know I don't have an opinion on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, literally as of this time, and I'm sure it's going to change because, you know, if a movie gets too well liked, obviously there's going to be some dissenting opinion at some point. But as of now, you are the only person I know, uh, critic or otherwise, that has not liked the film. I have my reasons. I, I'll do sure. my best. And it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't like not liking sure. it. Right. You know, yeah, I was I, like, I was stoked for this movie. I love the trailer, but yeah. Hmm. It's a, it was a bit of a bummer for me walking out and, and, and I'm walking out and people are just like, man, what a movie. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, though. I really want this to be the comedy I love, the R-rated comedy I love uh, from the summer because I feel like I've been let down uh, at least a few times already. So I'm hoping for the best. So we're going to talk Gran Turismo now. Uh, so I, I saw this a while back I and I still remember it. Uh, but yeah, I haven't... Uh, you know, it, it it came out just this past weekend. They screened it for critics really early. I'm not not exactly sure why. Uh, maybe because uh, it did have some kind of like premiere at the end of July, and then no, uh, uh, yeah. no. The reason was it was supposed to come out earlier in the month, 
like that first or second week of August. And then the writer and actor strike was happening and they were afraid that they weren't able to promote the movie. So what they did Mm. was they pushed it to the end of the month or closer to the end of the month and tried to do word of mouth screenings around the time it was supposed to come out. And then, you know, the subsequent week to follow. And that's been their uh, approach. So it's just been the reason you got such an early screening is that it would have been more time appropriate to the original release of the film. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because I remember uh, the original poster had it for August 11th. And so I just kind of thought like, oh, maybe it's like an international thing. And I wasn't quite sure. But um, I don't know if that strategy totally <clears throat> worked. I mean, I, I think it made some money and that's like it's made 55 million worldwide. I mean, that's not a lot, but I mean, it's a pretty low budget kind of thing. So I, I don't know how it's going to shake out in terms of, you know, was this thing worth the investment? I don't know. Uh, this is the latest in the like PlayStation Studios releases. We've gotten a couple of these so far. So we got a, uh, um, what was it? The uh, we got the Uncharted movie, which I liked, and you don't remember at all. And then uh, we got the Last of Us, which uh, HBO series through PlayStation Productions, and Last of Us widely celebrated. I, I very much enjoyed that show, uh, that series with Peter Pascal, Bella Ramsey, and. That that one actually kind of broke through the pop culture noise. I mean, that that was definitely like a big big hit of a show. Uh, and then Gran Turismo was like completely unlike these other two things. Like those are like adaptations of video games. But Gran Turismo is not an adaptation of a video game in nearly the same way. It, it's essentially no. telling the true story. It's based on a true oh. story, very loosely. But hmm? hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Are you telling me this is based? On a true story? Calm down, Will. I know. The reason I'm saying that is because the trailer says that I think at least three times. And then the when you at least at the AMC I went to, when you get a ticket for it, it says Gran Turismo colon based on a true story. And then as soon as the movie starts, I I don't even know if uh, it was before or immediately after the title card came up. It was like based on a true story as if. People were just unable to fathom this. Like you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This Grand is Turismo, based. Gran Turismo brand is so powerful. Right. People are like, well, it's not based on a true story. Right. But then the movie is like, where is it? I I thought it was because people were going to confuse this with Gran Torino, and they're like, well, we already got that movie. That's based on like Clint Eastwood doing things. Like, no, 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 no. This is based on a true story. What are you talking about? Like, I see the yeah, car yeah. right there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. I mean, I don't think i've had any real relationship to the game of gran turismo i know big shock but i thought initially i did but then i realized uh i think i was confusing it with burnout do you remember that game series i played burnout a lot yeah uh, very very different game because because gran turismo like they said in this this is more it's trying to be realistic they call it a simulator because sure marketing but you know burnout was like the business because that one you could like make these huge like explosions car crashes you know get all that pent up 13 year old middle mm-hmm. school energy out yeah out of sleepover right but then i also had a similar experience when need for speed came out the movie version because i was like oh i remember playing these games and i realized it was also burnout so what i'm asking here is why have we gotten a burnout movie <laughs> like Who i feel like have the budget for that I mean, you remember you know, those ga- those games were pretty high fidelity in terms of like the physics of destruction. <laughs> I feel you, like it'd be a CGI fest. Do you think it would be any different though than like the most recent Fast and Furious movies? I, d- I think so. Just because, like, well, Burnout 
I don't remember Burnout being much of a racing game. I remember the whole thing with that game is like you were trying to create crashes. Like you were doing like speed tests and things like that. It didn't have much of a, I don't know. Like I feel like with racing, you have a story here. Gran Turismo, you couldn't have just made that like do the need for speed thing. Because Gran Turismo, like I think this is the best way to adapt the game by sort of using the game mechanics to yeah like was something that really happened and and playing into that and doing like a meta narrative so so the story of this um and and you're right it in some countries it's literally subtitled gran turismo based on a true story because they really want to they're worried like they're like if people don't know this that's that uh this is neil uh, blomkamp who we're going to talk about in a second i'm sure and Gran Turismo is about this real life person uh, named Jan Mardenborough. So in like the early 20 teens, just like in this movie, he is this very obsessive Gran Turismo player, like very good at the game. He went to this thing called GT, GT Academy. Um, a lot of the other characters in this movie, like the Orlando Bloom character, the David Harbour character, they are fictionalized. I think the Orlando Bloom character is... He's kind of based on a real person, but not really. David Harbour is kind of like a, you know, what do they call those? Like a composite or a conglomeration of different real life people. There's a term yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, like a composite, I think, is a good term. I mean, something like that. I was wondering, I meant to look it up after the fact, but I don't know how much this is, quote unquote, based on a true story. Like, obviously, like you said, this guy is real and, it, and he had kind of an incredible you know, rise from being uh, a gamer to racer as the uh, marketing likes to note. But I, yeah, I, I was a hundred percent sure how much of this, uh, you know, ironically was actually based on a true story and how much of this was heavily, heavily, uh, you know, uh, liberated or, you know, fabricated to, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking, uh, kind of into it and i mean they they fudge a lot of things for the sake of it but there are a lot of beats in this that really did happen uh the lamar race the uh so you got your little ford v ferrari tidbit there uh there there's a scene involving a certain like a pretty major car crash we won't give away the details of that but that did happen um like the consequences of that so so a lot of these things did happen um, but they really fudge like the timeline, how long some of these things took, uh, the order of events. Uh, I think a lot of basically almost all of like the family stuff is totally, uh, different, uh, just in terms of like the drama of everything, you know, cause you know, they had a screenplay to write, you know, as uh, Jason Hall and Zach Balin and, you know, they just kind of like adapted the sort of like the stuff that was real into the, like, you know, the basic structure of a Hollywood movie. So there you go. Um, now, I, I I didn't know that this was good. Like, that was the hook of this movie for a while until I think it was like one of the first teasers came out. And I looked into it a little bit. I didn't watch the teaser at that point, but I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get this. Like, you are finding a way to use the game mechanics. Like, when they're racing with these cars, you see, like, Like they play with it a bit, like all of a sudden it's kind of like you're playing the game and they, the story kind of leans into like that type of like storytelling of like, oh, he's playing it. He's trying to do this in real life. Like he would play the game, but he has to learn how to do this. And, you know, that stuff is very interesting to me just, you know, as a gamer and like, you know, that's creative. Like that's a way to sort of like, that's a different way to start adapting games uh, moving forward. I mean, obviously they can't do this for everything that comes out. But I like that they were, I don't know, thinking outside the box a bit more. But at the same time, this is a movie they've been talking about making for years, <laughs> you know, ever since I think like uh, 2015, when this like this stuff originally was happening. 
they were like, yeah, we should make this yeah. kind of movie. And I don't think, I think, well, Joseph Kaczynski was set to direct it a long time ago. Oh, yeah. That and makes I think a lot more sense. Yeah. I think what opened the floodgates was sort of like movies started coming out where like video game movies, it didn't feel as cursed, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, you know, Detective Pikachu. Uh, we now have Super Mario Brothers, which is like another sort of like, all right, I think I think the world is ready. <laughs> uh, so this year we got, you know, a few more video game adaptations that felt like they're taking some more risks in terms of like, you know, we can we can really make this thing happen. Like people will start to watch these. We're not going to deal with like, uh, this is not going to be like Assassin's Creed, right? In 2015 or whatever. So that's kind of where we're at with this movie. But is it actually worth your time, your money, your ticket? Um, I, I like this movie. I, I thought it was okay. Uh, what, what did you think, Will? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not too far off, I guess, from where you are. I found it to be uh, hard to sit through at the beginning. Like, the beginning of the movie is rough, as far as, like, it's, the first 15 minutes of the film. Uh, it's, like, it's ironically oh, kind of slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, not only is it slow, but, I mean, like, the, the first 15 minutes, like, before we really even get to meet Jan... Uh, it's just all like commercials. Like it's like literally like a three minute ad for Gran Turismo, you know, like with the creator of the game. And then we get like this huge Nissan ad. It just, it feels very, very corporate at the beginning of the film. Uh, but you know, as it goes along, it's, it's very, very cookie cutter. Like as far as the story, it's, it's very formulaic. As you were mentioning, it feels very Hollywood, but that's not without its charms. Like, you know, I think there is something to be said about this does have kind of like the appeal of something like like a Top Gun Maverick from uh, last year, where it is hitting the very familiar beats, but it does have like the humanity and the warmth behind them. And then like the racing scenes have a good bit of a punch to them and they, they can get exciting as you're watching them. But I think, you know, I, I, I was kind of going back and forth on it throughout just because, as we were saying, like it just doesn't really i think kind of find its own lane ironically uh throughout mm. like i just kind of i kept thinking of like days of thunder and like all these other movies that it is very indebted to and i do think that neil blomkamp he's fine like i think he directs it competently but it does feel very much like he's a director for hire which is very weird because i mean i guess we can talk a little bit about neil blomkamp now like it's interesting that this is kind of like a full circle moment because if i remember correctly district 9 was supposed to be like a Halo movie, right? Like that was the initial intent yes. with Peter Jackson involved as a producer. That fell through, and then they decided to kind of like scrape together. Halo, District by the Nine. way, like Halo yeah. Two took place in a very similar location in Africa um, compared to District Nine, which is where a lot of that comes from. Uh, yeah, South Africa. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just interesting that it goes from like this original film that's initially based on a, a video game becomes his own thing he verges himself out into being one of the rare kind of like you know modern day directors who can get big budget for like original properties uh elysium comes out and i don't know so where do you stand on this before you gloss over that i mean people were calling him the next ridley scott he was on tap to do the next alien i mean the the guy Mm -hmm. was he he came out of here being like, this is our sci-fi Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's got the big prestige, like Michael Mann kind of mantle. Michael Mantle. And yeah. I guess that's a baseball player. But sure. it's Neil Blomkamp. I remember that late, to, early 20 teens, I mean, this guy was the next big deal. He was going to be the guy who was going to make sci-fi blockbusters great again. 
And then we got, yeah, Elysium, which I think is a genuinely bad movie. So it was Chappie. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I remember liking Elysium, but I mean, I, I only saw it the one time in theaters. Uh, I yeah, I know hacky. a lot of people. What was that? I found it very hacky. Elysium or Chappie? Elysium. <laughs> Chappie okay, Elysium. was just a pure mess. Like sure. just the, the, the symptom of a movie where I really think, and, and, and to me, this, this capitalizes Neil Blomkamp for me. He is a much better director than he is a screenwriter. And I think District sure. 9 was like that one great idea he had in him that I just don't think he had it going again with Elysium and Chappie. And it makes me sad that he didn't go to an alien movie because I feel like if he had, he probably would have had a screenwriting team with him and somebody to rein him in and something to work off of kind of similar with the halo stuff. Whereas like, I, yeah, I think like when he was trying to do the more original, like Elysium and Chappie, it just completely got away from him uh, in every which way. And then Alex Garland showed up and, and took him, sure. took him, you know, <laughs> put him to yeah, the side, took his mantle. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with, with what you're saying. I mean, for me, I, I did remember enjoying Elysium. It's been 10 years since I've seen that film. So I have no idea if I would like it today, but yeah, Chappie is just one of those, it's fascinating in its weirdness and badness, but it is the sort of film where it's like, for better or for worse, this is the bad film that only Neil Blomkamp can make. <laughs> like it's, I don't know who else would come up with this idea and this series of bad ideas together. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's kind of been on the outs for a little bit, director's jail for a bit. He did a horror movie, I think last year, or the year before called Demonic, which I never watched. Yeah, 2021. But, yeah. yeah. COVID movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I remember I was interested in it because, like, okay, it's Neil Blomkamp going back to his, like, basics a little bit. I was hoping it would get good reviews. It didn't. And I, I don't think it really made much of a dent. I did want to check it out before this review, but I didn't get a chance. Um, but, yeah, now we're here with uh, Grand Turismo where he's entirely just, you know, back with Sony, but, uh, you know, entirely for a director for hire mode where he's, you know, got a script and kind of just doing what he can. And I, I agree with you that I think he is better at, directing than writing but i just feel like the script is just so kind of uh generic and unremarkable and unpredictable that i don't really think it serves his talents too well outside of the racing scenes and these sort of mentor scenes with um david harbour and uh who's our lead oh, they saved the movie yeah david sure. harbour saves this movie because i also find um the main actor in this like archie um uh, say i pronounced this correctly archie medeque Medequa, He's okay. not bad, but I just don't think he has enough charisma to carry right. this movie, not even close. And yeah. David Harbour kind of comes in and like he's a mentor in, in multiple ways. Uh, real quick, I wanted to say this also about Blomkamp before we move on from that. I think that because uh, you mentioned he was in director's jail, you know, he kind of went back to his roots. He started making a heck ton of short films for years and years and years. Um, between Chappie and Demonic, he, he kind of went back to that. And, you know, we should say, like, I think short films and commercials are how he got his start. Uh, like you mentioned the Halo thing, like that started with him doing a short called Halo Landfall uh, a couple of years before District 9. And I, I think the guy has plenty of talent. District 9 was something that he he did. I did forgot to mention this, too. He co-wrote that with his wife. Um, and I think from then on, he started solo writing things. And yeah, I just I think the the evidence is pretty clear to me that the best stuff he's done is when he collaborates with a writer who really can, you know, groove with his directing style, which is very unique. And I think is very strong. I think he's good at making, you know, these sci-fi worlds feel kind of lived in and like have like personalities to them. I just think that whatever the case, his voice as a writer is just a bit 
generic and robotic, uh, I think, to me. And it's also mm-hmm. extremely preachy, like in the case of Elysium. Uh, in terms of Gran Turismo, I mean, it, it, that's a, it's a tough movie to like because it doesn't feel like a Neil Blomkamp movie at all. So it's a tough movie to like. It's a, sorry, it's a tough Neil Blomkamp movie to like and to look at and be like, oh, he's back because mm-hmm. he's not like he's just kind of doing like, all right, I'm going to be James Mangold now or I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to be Michael a Ron Mann. Howard where I plug, yeah, yeah. plug in, yeah. plug in. Yeah. Turnkey mm-hmm. franchise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. He's just entirely directed for hire. I thought you meant like who he was emulating. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, well, that I way too, think- he's. He yeah. is looking at Ford v Ferrari and furiously right. scribbling things down. Right, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I do agree because I think the Neo, or uh, Joseph uh, Krasinski comparison is interesting because he's another director who kind of comes in for the 2010s. He, he doesn't come in as far as like uh, getting his own original film. He, he did Tron Legacy, but yeah, he does like Oblivion and he kind of tries to cement himself as like this new kind of Ridley Scott as well. But then he goes into like more grounded character pieces, and I think he made that transition transition pretty well with uh, only the Brave and yeah. Top Gun Maverick. And I could definitely two movies see where the, I think that he yeah. he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition into Americana. You know, I'm gonna peel out mm-hmm. a little bit, stop. You know, you know, get away from the sci fi stuff. And you know, I always find it interesting when directors are able to transition to something that is more contemporary compared to what they've done before. But I think in the case of those two films, like. It was very apparent from uh, Oblivion and Top Gun or uh, Tron Legacy that like he was really good at world building as well and kind of creating these, uh, you know, high concept universes. And he was able to do that. Like he he makes only the brave feel very lived in in this kind of small town, humble way. But he also just has a more keen eye of character and tone uh, and, and make you have a little bit more grit and humanity in a way that I, I think really paid off with that movie and also just paid off with uh top gun maverick even I'm though i mean you're just not going to mention spider head just doesn't uh, exist Spiderhead's okay <laughs> i i i kind of forgot about it until today <laughs> i know we yeah. reviewed on the show and i think i was kinder to it than you were at the time but yeah it's like okay um you know but i do think that's something that with this film i i don't really get that same sense like i think he's i think neil blunkamp really kind of put his own spin on the driving scene, especially like there's a couple moments where you like see the transition for like uh yawn going like into player mode into the, like the racetrack. And it's like, yeah, like stuff like that feels pretty inspired and interesting. But I mean, outside of those little kind of moments and obviously I, I think it's kind of hard to make racing scenes like this, you know, uninteresting. <laughs> like, I mean, I think if you're a competent director, like I believe Neil Blunt can't to be, I think you can, pull that off i just don't think he really no. i feel like it can look easier than it is honestly because he adds flourishes here and there that do kind of make this feel uh, despite what i was saying earlier do have a bit more of a stamp it feels more of a stamp based on like the video game tie-in and Mm -hmm. not bomb cam's directing style but i think i think little things like using gran turismo like gameplay mechanics to to kind of move move the camera out and be like here's where he is in this line and like i get frustrated all the time with racing movies of like i gotta remember this person's car and like Mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure of like where they are and like you know how many laps they're and and really getting a sense of like well how is he gonna pull this off and they're like well and like the game he could go down this way and like there are creative like little touches here that i appreciate a lot sure yeah i mean i don't disagree yeah i i guess kind of wish he had that sense of inspiration outside of the racing scenes. Like it doesn't seem like he's oh, yeah. 
as inspired by that. Like, I think that's what keyed him in. And then David Harbour is just kind of doing the heavy lifting here is actually making a pretty two-dimensional character feel He's very the only character in. who yeah. feels like a real person exactly you know for something based on a true story i mean one of the first scenes with jan is like and i called him jan earlier i guess sorry, it's jan and this is this is that rare once in a year maybe once every two years where where will pronounces a name correctly and i don't oh okay <laughs> i'm sure it happens more often i just don't get caught um but jan is talking to this uh to, to like the girl he has a crush on and it is the most screenwriter brained scene I have seen in a little bit because like literally this woman, beautiful, beautiful young woman goes up to the introverted Jan, asks him 1000 questions and he never asks any questions about her and she doesn't care. And I'm just like, this is like straight out of Pasadena. Like, what are we doing here? This is absolutely unacceptable. Sure. <laughs> I was very frustrated. Like the, the, the lack of chemistry, the sort of like, I just don't feel mm -hmm. these character relationships. It translates to the family a lot. Not because I think, so Jaiman Hansu plays his dad. Right. And like, they, they, they have a couple of like, you know, scenes where I'm just like, all right, well, when dad wants him to be like this. And it's kind of weird because the dad is just sort of like, you can't follow your dreams like I did when I went to play soccer, which is not that practical a job <laughs> professionally. And I was a little bit like, well, that's what, that's what you get when you're I basing mean, on a true story, right? I, I To me, what was funnier about those scenes were just like, what are your chances of being, you know, making anything of yourself as a racer? You should exactly. go into football, which has like an even smaller chance of success. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it really felt like a parody. Um, you know, then like his family just disappears. Like his mother is played by like the legendary and, and talented, um, Geraldine Estelle, Holly Horner. I I don't know if I'm That's, pronouncing uh, that. Ginger Spice, is that correct? Yeah, that is yeah. that is correct. Uh, Jerry Halliwell. Uh, she's she's the legend, the one and only. Um, seeing her on the big screen, I mean, there are a lot of races in this movie, but there was only one <laughs> one cameo that got my blood pumping. You know what I mean? Sure. So is this her? Is this her first movie since Spice World? Uh, let me fact check for that. I I kind of doubt it, but uh, yeah, I'm sure she's been in something. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, she's been I, in a, okay. She's been in some stuff. I'm I'm seeing a whole list here. She's been in a lot of TV, uh, but I, this all looks like TV. So I don't I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, maybe only TV. Wow. Okay. No, no. Okay. She's been in a few, she's been in some TV films, some documentaries. She was okay. in something called Fat Slags the Film, uh, which came out in 2004. Sounds great. That was after, yeah, right? <laughs> that sounds like a, something that I shouldn't, like a link I shouldn't click. Uh, Spice, that's her first uh, movie after Spice World. That was probably uh, on, like, in three theaters. Oh, she was in okay. Crank High Voltage. Oh, oh, I love Crank High Voltage. Yeah, who doesn't? Man, uh, but yeah, could after you that, imagine, then yes. That, that's could you it. imagine those two things. A, a racing film by Neville Dean and Taylor? Oh, boy. <laughs> that gets my my blood going. Yeah. Oh, that I... I I kind of like now I can't stop thinking about it. I'm just sort of being like, well, okay. If I think back to Crank, and I'm like, imagine imagine if uh, Jan had been played by Jason Statham, and it's never addressed his age, but he's right. supposed to be like a teenager. Oh, I'm a video game player, Dad. This is what I'm about. Me, he like punches yeah. the wall through. Um, 
it's I, not I, a video game. It's a simulation game. Well, Devil Dean and Taylor <laughs> made one of the worst video game related movies of all time, in my opinion, which was Gamer. Uh, truly one of the, the worst things ever created. It's, it's um, okay. It's not okay. I'm still hurting. I'm still in pain over that entire event. Um, but anyway, the family disappears for like an entire stretch of this movie. It's very strange to me. Like they just, they just, I don't know, the way this movie plays with time, like apparently a lot of time passes and Jan lives on his own. Like, like a bunch of things happen after like certain like major plot beats like our second act and third act like there is just a lot of missing material it seems like they really trimmed this to the bone like scenes that would have really made it more understandable like where is Jan at what are the stakes at this point because a lot of the stakes over the course of the movie are like him finding purpose getting his job but like the big dramatic question behind the whole thing is just i don't know it's very nebulous and they try to start it off with like the the schism between him and his family, but they never pay that off. And they're never quite like paying off. Like why, why do they never come to his races? <laughs> you know, why does he live on his own? Why, you know, where is he at with his girlfriend at this point? I don't know. No one seems to care because I yeah. think over the, along the way they were like the David Harbor character, he's the character mm. who's working. <laughs> so like, right. Just do all the scenes with him. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Cause he's great. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I had less issue with that, though I did kind of wonder why the brother just kind of phases out of the film. You know, I thought that yeah. was just kind of weird. Um, you never I get had, that moment where they're proud of him, really, right. and they're just sort of like, wow, you well, actually did it. And it, I don't know, it's just, it, it, cause uh, you can tell a story about that where it's sort of like he proves them wrong, but it, it doesn't make him happy. But I don't know, this, this, the story gets so bogged down by other things mm -hmm. that, that never really comes through. I, I'm I was fine with the family not being because the big thing was just winning his dad's approval, which you can kind of expect is going to come. And I think even you on Letterboxd that has kind of like a Disney Channel ish vibe to it. Oh yeah, like, it's a Disney yeah. Channel original movie. Yeah, but made by Sony. Yeah, and I do think I mean even more so than David Harbor, Jamon Hosu like really has to like work hard to make this character seem real at all, and he's you know really trying, and I I, I think. He's okay. Like I, I, I admire him for the amount of effort they put into like make a extremely like I wouldn't even say two dimensional. I'd say one dimensional character uh, have some life to him. Um, but for me, I guess the issue I took more uh, uh, I took more issue with, I should say, uh, was with Orlando Bloom's character because they kind of established early on that like he isn't really cool with Yon, like like in the sense of like he's not as yeah. press friendly. Like there's kind of more calculations in play that that seems like it's gonna set up something bigger, especially when there's like a big crash. And then that's just he's supposed to be entirely. the antagonist. They set him up as the antagonist, right? And or like the sort of yeah, like there's supposed to be some kind of like division between him and Harbor, and then they just drop it completely without like any, a any explanation. Still. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's just gone. Yeah, I don't. I, I was assuming that was probably because the real guy. <laughs> had some interference or something i don't know i mean i don't know why that's I don't just because they don't use that real person's name or anything but i guess like you could look at that and being like well it's a little kind of tainting legacy i don't know such that it, uh, yeah. as it is uh so the the character orlando bloom plays is a guy named danny moore he's like a marketing executive at nissan um it's sort of loosely based on a real man named darren cox a uh, british guy who yeah sort of the same thing and i do wonder yeah if 
it's one of those things where they had to use a different name. They just want a little bit more freedom with how this character. But that's the thing. If you're going to do it that way, it comes across as like when you have that scene of like him not wanting Jan to do it. And it's like this kind of like division between him and Harbor. I feel like that was shoehorned in to sort of manufacture drama. And that's why it was dropped later because it was never really part of the overall script. It was never like much of a factor or they may have had some stuff later in the movie that got poorly focus grouped. And they're like, Oh, why is he so mean to yawn? I like yawn. Like stuff like that (laughs) typically interferes with like, you know what the screenplay might've originally been going for. I don't know. I guess for me though, I, I, I can see the better film here. I just think it needs to be tightened. Like the first half, like for one, this movie's way too long. It's like almost two and a half hours. I think you could just get like a it's nice an hour fourteen. I think you could get like a nice or sorry, like, two hours fourteen. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um I think you could get like a nice like hundred and five minute film from this if you just kind of tighten up the beginning a bit and then just focus more on the camaraderie mentorship between Jan and uh David Harbour's uh character. I get, I just feel like there's just so yeah, much. You don't need the, the love beginning. interest stuff. Get right. rid of the love. Like it adds nothing whatsoever, right? Yeah, yeah. I just remember though uh, when I'm watching the film, it's not like I'm disliking it all that much. But like we get to like this point where like Jan gets accepted, and I'm like, okay, I guess we're kind of you know you know like uh, whatever. Like at the halfway two thirds mark, we're kind of kind of get this in. But like we still have like an hour and a half at that point. I'm like, where is this movie going to go? <laughs> like, like how mm-hmm. long is this stretch? I don't know. I just feel like the pacing of the first half is just kind of laggy. A lot of, which is a lot of Disney ironic. Channel original movies are like that, where like sometimes they feel like two movies pushed together. They'll have like an entire thing going on in the first half, like the GT Academy. And, you know, you kind of like you meet all these characters and you're like, OK, so like is like the the whole brunt of this movie going to be him mm. trying to get through the Academy and maybe it's going to end sure. with like his first real race. But then it, no, they just kind of like rush through that and they're trying to cram all this stuff in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's weird because it's like, yeah, it is such a long movie, but it, it really is a lesson in how structure is everything. You know, right. it, it really uh, comes down to like understanding, like this is the part of the story where, you know, the, you, you know, this is the part of the story where he has to learn something. It's like they're trying to like put true events into a screenplay format and they have to like manufacture all the drama in order to try to make it feel like there's a through line behind between behind all these events. But because it doesn't quite connect all you feel the tropes you don't really mm-hmm. feel the sort of connection to like what yana is going through which is what a movie is supposed to do yeah especially considering that the dance academy people i think you're kind of alluding to this have very kind of archetypal personalities mm-hmm. we got you know like the hothead guy who's like kind of like yeah. the, the guy who butts head right the bully but like not there's really Malfoy, a bully. there's right. our ron weasley there's our hermione right. yeah yeah there's of course yeah the lady uh the, the, yeah, the one, lady, the, the, the one, one uh, f- like foreign language character that we really learned nothing about. Uh, and Except then the guy accent. with the mustache, the miscellaneous yeah, the guy, guy with the mustache. He was your favorite. <laughs> I mean, I did appreciate that creative choice as far as like, at least there's something here. Like if he didn't have that mustache, I would just not like, he'd just be a total blank slate. Like I wouldn't able to like the thing- pick him from Adam, you know? The thing I didn't get is like the the whole process of getting into the GT Academy is you have to be really good at this video game. Apparently, all the people who are really good at this video game are super young in their like early 20s, which, okay, I can buy that. Your reflexes are probably better with video games when you're younger. But I mean, 
shouldn't there be like 14 year olds up in this business should oh. and like they're all like in great shape <laughs> like they're mm. all sort of, like none of them are overweight like i was gonna like, say wait a second yeah <laughs> what I really happened yeah like you're talking like some like middle-aged like fat dude <laughs> is just yeah, like exactly <laughs> where 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 is uh yeah yeah where, where's the person who's where, where's movie bob <laughs> like what right. what are we doing here yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought they crossed my mind, but I, I also kind of shoot away. I was like, whatever, it's a movie. They happen to all be from like the United Nations version of the world. Like instead of it well, being like 20 people from Tokyo, it's like. Right. Well, that's why I was saying that, like, yeah, I, I didn't want to assume his race, but like I did think it was kind of funny. It's like, OK, you're just saying that like one, you know, Asian or Japanese man got into this and those like in the top five like and we learned absolutely <laughs> nothing about him like we yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you a single personality trait about him <laughs> well and also it's it, you could try to explain it like i don't know what they really did in the, the actual academy process i wonder if it was one of those things where it's just like oh you have to be like the best of a certain country and that's well, how they yeah. did it but that doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense either because like I think there were like multiple people from the UK. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I don't think there were multiple people, but I was trying to remember where the hot. Because yeah, I don't. Was I know he the, American? The 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 woman was the American, but I don't she know was? where the hot hit. Yeah, she was definitely the American, but I don't remember where the other ones. It. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, David Harbour was American. <laughs> that is true. So. Anyway, we don't have to go down the weeds of all that. It's it's an okay movie. We're we're trashing it a little bit, but it's only because it's like you said, you can see the better movie in it and like it's one of those movies that kind of falls apart because of like unnecessary mistakes or at least unnecessary in the sense of like easy to correct mistakes that probably happen because movies are very complicated and difficult things to do and it's it's just frustrating because like there's stuff here that does click we didn't we mentioned it a lot that david harbour is actually good in this but that has more to do with the fact that i think david harbour is just good at selling like a grumpy mentor figure who's like i wrote in my box like he won't rest until every gen z you know like looks at him as a father figure like he's just kind of good at like being abrasive but in a way that makes you think he has your best interests at heart which i think is just an, an inherently interesting thing to watch on screen i think it's why stranger things has been very successful with him um i know you you only watched like what the first season of that but and i think that that's uh, where he really cut you know shows that off like that was his big breakthrough i think i watched like three episodes of stranger things okay. um but yeah no i mean he was always my favorite part of it i mean i, I thought you know like he's the best character could, still yeah, is. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's a really talented actor. I think he's a great screen presence. He feels like he's kind of fit in that like uh, character actor niche that I really miss. Where you know, like like someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman, where you know, like they're not like not like ugly or anything, but not like like typically movie star conventionally handsome, but they feel like real people. He's dad handsome. Yeah, and like they 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 feel gruff and they feel sincere and like they sell lines and they they make the stakes present. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think. He's central to this movie being uh, like I, if it wasn't for him, this movie, I think, would have been much worse outside of the racing sequences. Mm -hmm. And he really, I think, uh, keys the movie in in a lot of central ways. I I don't think he does the Herculean effort of like making this an overall redeemed film, but I think he certainly makes it more interesting than it would have been otherwise. I am glad he's going to be doing um, more TV stuff 
uh, soon um, because he he's been all over the movies. Like he's been in a lot of things. He was in like Black Widow and uh, Violent Night, which I really liked. And uh, he's going to be uh, executive producing a, a new show that he is the lead in called My Dentist Murder Trial. And I don't know, I feel like that's always been like a great lane for him. Uh, people don't mention this too much, but I mean, he's a classically trained actor. He was in theater. Uh, you know, he's he's been in a lot of like big stage productions. Like the guy just the guy is like an actor's actor. Um, yeah, yeah, and he's such a great case study in like finding like the big success of his career like later in life, and I think it's because you know I think that that Philip Seymour Hoffman comparison is pretty apt, like, just because I think that like in every role he's in, he just finds that like little angle. It's kind of like in this movie where he finds like the part in the road where he can just kind of like push it forward and do better than you would expect. And I think just a lot of it comes down to the fact that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's one of those actors. He works well with people, and he's just you know, he doesn't he doesn't rest on his laurels, from what it looks to me. Like it just looks like he's always kind of like bringing something kind of different. Um, even though at the same time he he is one of those people who like he kind of gets typecasted a mm-hmm. little bit at this point. We'll say you know, yeah, but, uh, that's okay. I mean, it seems like it. he's. Like, he seems, like, pretty humble about, like, he doesn't strike me as someone, I mean, I could be very well be wrong, but, like, just from interviews, so he seems, like, humble about his work, but he takes it very seriously, and he, like, you know, no matter what it is, like, genre film or drama film, like, he takes it seriously and tries to make it work, and, yeah, I mean, uh, all the best stuff of the film, I think, outside of those kind of fun racing sequences belong to him, and, uh, yeah, he's also just great for, like, reaction shots and stuff throughout this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he has great outbursts. Um, I, I, I know he's, uh, he's married to, uh, Lily Allen, right? Uh, sure. Which, yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering, you know, all right, when is the David Harbour music career going to pop off? I'll be there for that. Um, uh, we could table that for now. I think, think, I think the guy, if he hasn't already, like, I think he'd be pretty sick in like a band or something, hmm. you know, bass, obviously. Do you think he's like a stern uncle to Alfie? Let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. All right. Um, all right. So, Grand Turismo. I have faith in you, boy. Like, you're going to be something. I don't know. He's like an... <laughs> Alfie's like you an think, Emmy You think he's a Marlon Brando kind of uh, type? Uh, well, I mean, if David Harbour has a Marlon Brando arc, that's definitely going to be something. <laughs> Not in terms of the actor's real life. It's, it's, I didn't say Marlon ba- Brando based on a true story. That, that's true, yeah. I, I don't just, really quite see the Brandoness of it, but and I mean I don't know I, I don't know if he's quite on the level of of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I think he has has those qualities. Like that's something I just really miss from like a marketable actor that hmm. I feel like he's really bringing to the fold, especially in a film like this. That uh, yeah, I, I definitely think he is someone I really enjoy watching, and uh, I think he makes this movie work more than it probably should. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Archie McDuke, I think, uh, um, the only thing I think I remember seeing him in before this was, uh, C the Apple TV show with where it's like, uh, Jason Momoa and stuff. And he's not very good in that. He's a little bit better in this movie. Um, what was, I don't know. Yeah. What was it called? C S E E S E. It's the oh, one C. where like everyone it's in oh, the future. The Apple and then show. everyone's blind. Uh but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Archie plays like one of the like he's like a young like kind of 
older teenage type who mm. can see uh, him and his twin sister. Um, I I totally misheard you. I thought you said C like S E A, and I thought you said Jason no. Statham, like where no. he's like they're it's like <laughs> like not the Meg, but like they're just like trapped on a boat, and just like the two of them are just like you go. Jason Statham's like oh, he's in a, there's in a big megalodon over here. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why he has an Australian accent, but I I admire wow. that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Put me on the spot here. Uh, 187 reviews have been counted for Gran Turismo based on a true story. It's actually on Rotten Tomatoes. They have it as Gran Turismo based on a true story. Uh, 187 critic reviews. One of them is mine. And you know, I thought it was okay. Uh, Will Ash, what is the critic score? What's your guess? I think most people are going to walk out of this like, like solid like three out of five. Like, yeah, you know, hits the beats, but you feel pretty roused, I guess, by the end of it. Uh, I mean, I think the length will be a deterrent maybe for like the, um, cinema score later, but, uh, as of now for the critics, I'm going to say 76% lower, much lower. It's 62. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I think critics are a little bit harsher on it than I think I would have even predicted. I probably wouldn't have been too far from you. I probably would guess like maybe around 70, 68, yeah, mm. 62 is a little bit low. It's still fresh. But uh, yeah, I think some critics are reacting to a lot of the problems we pointed out, you know, and a lot of the hackiness of the script. Uh, but what about the audience score? We have a thousand plus verified ratings. What do you think? Um, I mean, I'm going to try 76 again because I feel like they'll probably like it. <laughs> Jeez Louise. It's higher, much higher. <laughs> okay. It's 98%. And I don't 90- find that too surprising. Whoa. I do think that this has a lot of crowd pleaser energy. I think the audience that goes into this is going to get basically what they want right i don't know i mean 98 is insane like i would have thought like at the highest maybe 94 like i didn't think it would be that high i i think i do think a lot of it has to do with like it's a self-selecting audience and i think that's i think people might not have the highest expectations which will probably help but uh cinema score what do you think for that does that does that change what you were thinking Um, about cinema score yeah because i was thinking it was like between b and b plus but i don't know is it like an a minus higher it's an a has an a okay. cinema score that, wow, that okay. is that is pretty good that is very very good um okay and we'll finish out with letterboxd Forty one thousand watches uh not bad um what do you think the average rating is on letterboxd right now um probably lower than than those two but i i would say i guess like higher than the critic score so is it like a 3.4 it's exactly a 3.4 uh, you finally got one. Look at that. There you go. Nice. Well done. Well done. I, I would be curious to go back uh, and see how many episodes I predict a film score is 3.4. I feel like I do that a lot, but it worked out this time. <laughs> um, I'll read just one review uh, on Letterboxd that, uh, and not the whole thing because it'd be a little bit too long here, but uh, this is from uh, Raphael Parker Jovine said, I've never really been into these Need for Speed, Gran Turismo games. I played them, and I remember loving the soundtrack. I discovered so many obscure and indie bands through those and the NFL games. But yeah, it's not fun playing these games when you spend most of the time hitting one wall after another. If it wasn't because I was kind of an ace in Mario Kart 64, shout out. And I actually did pretty good that one time my mom, Todd, allowed me to drive a car in this big stadium parking lot, though she was about to S her pants when I got too excited and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so yeah, to be honest, after the very mixed reception, I wasn't that excited coming into this movie, and my expectations were pretty low. I'd like the few Neil stuff I've seen, like District 9, which is certainly better than the first film of his I watched, the infamous Chappie, a movie I thought was fine, I guess, though I've never uh, been moved or interested in rewatching it. And then... Uh, that's a, 
pretty wild reaction to Chappie. Like, I feel like that's not a film you just are like, yeah, you know, it's a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anyway, his direction and the little stylistic touches he brings are arguably the best thing about the entire movie, especially the way he shoots the racing sequences by designing a translucent car design over the characters when they're playing on the simulator, where he does this in one scene and the rest of the race is within the game, or how he places the ranking position in which characters during a race above the car, like in the games. The action on the racetrack is also wonderfully captured with some great use of drone shots and editing. I saw this in Dolby Atmos, and the sound design and mixing are excellent. It helped get me lost in the action. I particularly enjoy the use of various in-game sound effects throughout the movie. Collectively, they created a sense of immersion that made me feel like I was actually racing, which I which is saying something for a movie that reminds you over and over that a thing sets GT apart from other games in its realism. So he has more to say, but you know, definitely a fan three and a half stars i think this kind of gets to the heart of like what people are responding to like that idea of like getting lost in the action there are and a lot of stuff we already kind of mentioned but i think people are just kind of overlooking well the 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 stuff that just doesn't work because they're like oh it's fine it's it's the racing movie i wanted and they just had all that other stuff in between david harper's good so Mm -hmm. i'm good yeah Yeah. i mean if if people have money to spare you know, this is like a fine matinee if you like want to just like go to the bathroom during some of the family stuff and then just like come in. <laughs> yeah, you can get uh, the large soda for this one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you can just like come in when it's like the racing and stuff and uh, and when David Harbour is talking and all that. And I think you'll you'll probably have a pretty fun time. I did like this review. This is a two and a half star one. Uh, this was like watching a Christian film only instead of learning to believe in Jesus, the characters learn to believe in PlayStation. <laughs> that was from uh, Dumbsville. Um, yeah, I mean, I think my Letterbox review was uh, <laughs> a film that dares to ask, "What if gamers weren't evil?" And I, I stand by that. So, what if gamers were evil? No, weren't evil. Oh, you see, like if they had good hearts and good intentions, and I feel like do this, something with you, their yeah, lives, your Letterbox review would have been way funnier, like the heat of Gamergate, but it still works. Yeah, you know, I at the end of the day, Letterbox those reviews are for me. If people, if other we're, people enjoy them, yeah. if people don't enjoy them, that's on them. I'm just saying we're in the Fortnite era, which I guess I does, that doesn't disprove your point. All right, we'll be back next week, uh, hopefully to talk bottoms. Uh, it depends on Will Ashton being able to see it in Pittsburgh if it if it happens to be oh. available in time. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm seeing this. I'm seeing it. Do you have the tickets? <laughs> Not yet, but I mean, I was gonna say, uh, I <laughs> never say. Yeah, Always, yeah. I don't know. Sure, but yeah. um, I, I this I had to see it at a public screening. A uh, if they were screening for for if they were screening it for critics, they didn't invite me. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would have been the right calculation, right? Because then, <laughs> yeah, like, they, wow, there's uh, no way John's gonna like this movie. They they figured you for a top. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But I figured, hey, opposites yeah. attract, right? Uh, thank sure. you so much for listening to the show. We'll be back uh, later this week or next week uh, from the internet, California. I'm John Grimmie, and from the internet. Pennsylvania, vroom vroom, it's Will Ashton. Hurry up to the finish line already.